This is hell. Am I dead? Not yet. But you will be, unless you come with us. I know what I am. A villain. A liberator. I am Loki, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. Terrible metaphor. I thought I had something there. We have a saying in Asgard, where there are wolf's ears, wolf's teeth are near. It's a trap. I believe, stupidly, you can be whatever you want to be. By the way, I should have an equal amount of security. This is insulting. You just can't help yourself. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right. Hey guys, how's it going out there in live stream land? Welcome to an all new podcast of wonderfulness. Anyways, so welcome to the MC Bleeding Edge folks out there in Cyberland. Of course, I have my trusty co-host, Mr. Jeff Sloboda here. And then, of course, we are here with uh, Alexis, who is the owner-operator of Honeysuckle Rose Creations. And she also is a frequent guest on a podcast. And if she'd like to plug that, of course, later on, most definitely do so. You got and, it. And also, we have uh, Mr. Arch joining us again. Uh, from the great podcast at Champions, and also you can find him and the great website of Sakar, where you can talk about anything, you know, Marvel, DCU, whatever you like, and you can find a lot of great people on there. So yeah, definitely check that out. So of course, so of course, this awesome episode, we're going to be talking about the newest episode of Loki, Loki episode four, which is known as the Nexus Event. So, guys, starting with Alexis, what did you guys think about the intro to this episode? Kind of terrifying, actually. Can you imagine being a child, just being grabbed and interrogated like that? I mean, obviously, Sylvie is a little bit more resourceful as an Asgardian, but if that was me, I would have been crying. I would have been just sobbing the whole time. Like, I don't understand. I want to go home. Very much so, very much so. What do you think, Arch? Can you hear us, Arch? Did we lose your audio, Arch? I think we lost your audio, Arch. Oh, sorry, am I good now? Yeah, you're, now good. you're good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. My bad, guys. Uh, no, I was really excited for it, like right off the bat. Um, it was, I guess it wasn't surprising, but I'd had this idea that uh, maybe something else was going on with Sylvia. I wasn't quite sure, but I was I'm really happy to like get some sort of backstory for her. Um, you know what? It, at first I thought, okay, um, you know, this is taking place. It, it's sort of, it, she's just a pure alternate reality. Loki and this is taking place. So I'm along the same timeline. Loki, our, you know, the Loki we know grew up. But I, I don't know. We might not know that. There's some things we'll talk about later in the episode where I thought, 
maybe this might be happening in a slightly different time period. I'm not really sure, but I thought it was really great, like Alexa said, to like realize this. She was child abducted, and she's grown up, in, in, you know, being abducted and on the run her entire life. Like that's extremely traumatic. There's a lot of stuff, and a lot of meat we really get into, like kind of examining her as a character in that way. But I, I thought it was fantastic. It was really haunting, um, and 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 also really cool at the same time to to kind of get that backstory and get to know her a bit better. Most certainly, most certainly. What did you think, uh, Jeff? Well, I felt like it definitely um, kind of, you know, like explained the character a little bit more, which is good. You know what I mean? It was good to kind of like get some more background information to work with in terms of like, you know, Sylvie and her backstory and everything and whatnot. Because I think we're all still trying to kind of figure her out. You know what I mean? Like what her motivations are, like who she really is. Um, and like Arch said, I think there's things we're going to talk about like that happened later on in the episode where we kind of got more of like a better idea of like what her background really is, you know, I mean, I'll just go ahead and put it out there now. Like, obviously she's an ex TVA employee, which we've talked about that before that that was possibly maybe what was going on. So now we actually have a confirmation that like, she really is like, you know, a variant that the TVA picked up and, you know, put on, you know, like the roster or whatever, you know what I mean? And somehow at some point she broke free, you know what I mean? Like I'd be interested in knowing, and I'm sure we'll probably find out about this in episode five or six. I'd be interested in knowing what it was that allowed her, as opposed to like Owen Wilson and, and like the other TVA people, like I'd be interested in knowing what it was that set her free, that like basically like allowed her to, you know, snap out of that like brainwashing or whatever that the TVA does with their employees. I'd be interested in knowing what it was that actually like where, where she like, maybe it was because she's a Loki you know, that she was able to like break free from that trance or whatever that they're in. But, um, I don't want to get too far ahead because there's so much different stuff to unpack from this episode. Yes, very much so. I mean, even, uh, when the beginning scene began and it showed that she was from Asgard and her timeline where she was from when she's a little girl, I thought that was really interesting that this kind of you know, how we were talking before in the last episode and even episode before that, we were talking about how, you know, you know, which timeline or comic book line are, you know, is Marvel using. And so this to me kind of confuses that a little bit more going towards more. Maybe they are really going with just Lady Loki and they just happen to throw in the Sylvia a little bit to kind of throw us off the scent is the kind of feeling I'm getting from it, especially with this huge bit of input that she was born on Asgard and, you know, was, even though she's this variant, she still was born on Asgard and is, you know, a Loki. So I think that was kind of interesting how they began that intro there too as well. And I think it's funny, you know, like you were saying, there's a lot of information packed into this episode that, you know, is really interesting. I also think it's interesting that, uh, that they brought so much info into this episode compared to the last episode and kind of like thrusted it at us too as well. So like, we're kind of like our minds are kind of blown, you know, away a little bit going, wow, we barely got anything last episode. Now we got everything on this episode. So it was nice to see them kind of, uh, you know, regain their ground from this last episode to this episode. So that brings me to, you know, we kind of get a little bit in little backstory on, you know, Lady Loki. And then we also get, now we get kind of our first glimpse of the Timekeepers. So I want to know, what's everyone's thought on when they saw 
you know, the first glimpse of the timekeepers, what was your first thought? Let's start with you, Jeff. Well, I mean, I called it, I think. Like, I mean, I, well, I didn't call the whole thing. But I said a long time ago, I know that, like, you guys remember, Arch, Alexis, like, I said that I didn't think there really were timekeepers. Like, I thought that they were either, like, not real or, like, they were, like, you know, they went to a different planet or something or they died or whatever. Like, you know, uh, who knows? Maybe they were always androids. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, uh, so I don't know. We got, we got some interesting like background noise going on there uh, i'm not sure what the hell it is it sounds like there's like a mouse like scratching around or something like that um something's going on it sounds like somebody's typing or something anyways okay so I was saying, it sounds like either typing or someone's making coffee <laughs> well I already, made, I already made my coffee so i mean it can't be me um <laughs> I, I, here's the here's the evidence Arch, Arch, <laughs> this this is a big coffee baby yeah, yeah, I just muted myself, by the way, and it didn't seem to change anything, so I don't know. Maybe hmm. it's on my end. Hmm, interesting. Well, either either way, we'll figure it out. So, as far as um the whole timekeeper thing goes, I was not surprised at all. I wasn't surprised. Um, I kind of like, as soon as we saw him, I kind of knew something was, was going on. And... I think when it boils down to it, I think that it was on it was it was on a stereo app. I was on Earth Earth's show that you were, that we were listening to Cyber that he was talking about Ravana Renslayer potentially being like the real villain of the show. And at this point now, I feel like it's, that's probably what's going on. Like she obviously is like the like I guess the the you know the villain of the show. Yeah, we did. We did. Were I remember in the a couple episodes ago, we were talking about that a little bit, and that you know we were gonna see kind of like we we're saying, oh, there's probably something more to her than it meets the eye. And as we can see, as the episodes go on, we've seen by definitely in this episode, you can definitely see that. So, Alexis, what? We lost you, Cyber. Cyber can't hear you anymore, man. I can't hear you, Cyber. Check your audio. Sorry, folks. This stuff happens. Yeah, I think Fandom Podcast Network says it best. The TVA is trying to prevent our broadcast. Yes. Try your audio, Cyber. Try connecting it and reconnecting it. For some reason, I honestly think that that, that, that that sound might be coming from cyber. It's not me. I put the dogs upstairs like you I asked know you did. <laughs> Thank you very much. We appreciate that. No but problem. They're, uh, they're, they're upstairs uh, in their daddy's office. He's working and playing with them. <laughs> it, must be, it must be nice to have it upstairs. It has its moments. If, if you want, like... I know Cyber's working on that. Uh, you know, I was watching on a smaller screen, so I might not have gotten the the full view of the uh, the the timekeepers in their full glory that some of you guys might have. I was watching on a, I actually just saw it on a phone. But God, my first impression was that not that they looked fake, but they looked extraordinarily like alien, artificial, or something. So I I was suspicious yeah. the moment I saw them anyway, and then and then it kind of got revealed 
field, and I was like, oh, wait, what's going on here? I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, Ravonna, Ravonna seems to be the main villain, certainly, of the show, but I still feel like there's something else behind them, you know, in some in some sort of way. I'm not sure what it is exactly. Is it Kang? You think it's Kang? It, it, it really So I had two possibilities that I thought were really strong. One of them is Kang. I mean, she's obviously got connections to him. He fits thematically extremely well. I also have this idea that that maybe the ultimate villain is a Loki somehow. Like maybe it is some other Loki that's somehow gotten behind all this. I don't know. But, I mean, that's a little more out there. But I mean, it feels like it feels like Ravana didn't set all this up by herself, right? Probably. So there's probably more to it, but I don't know. Well, I don't know, Alexis. What do you think? First of all, it's like, yeah, called it. Pay no attention to this man behind the curtain. I called it when we talked the second episode. I knew that this was going to happen. When they when the, when the, they threw the sword and the top and the guy's head fell off, I was like, yep, called it. Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. Yeah. Although, I ha- I'm not going to. Uh, there was a joke uh, when Loki asked that who made the TVA. Uh, my husband said, "Well, easy, Teddy Roosevelt and the New Deal. Don't you pay attention?" <laughs> he lived for a while in Tennessee, so every time he sees TVA, all he sees is Tennessee Valley Authority. Oh yes, that makes sense. Cyber, mm-hmm. did we get you back, brother? Uh, can you hear me? Yes, yes we can. Okay. We can now. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but that was weird. <laughs> Where we were, yeah. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I unplugged the mic, I restarted the stream, and I still hear that crackling, so I don't know if something's going on with my mic or what, but it's driving me nuts. And uh, I, I, I don't know why it would be giving a hard time all of a sudden now, so it's, it's just weird. These things happen, man. Technical difficulties. Yeah, We're yeah. not professionals. This happens to us all the time. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm guessing both Wait, of you went... Huh? We're not getting paid? What? No. <laughs> no the, 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 the checks might bounce. <laughs> I don't trust anyone who pays me by check. I don't blame you. <laughs> okay, so what did I miss with my audio difficulties? Oh, we were just going around the table just talking about that scene with the uh, timekeepers, basically. Okay. And so did we talk about Fandom Podcast Network's comment? No, we did not. I'll go back to the first one. Yeah, so the Fandom Podcast Network says uh, this show is setting up things for both Doctor Strange and Ant-Man, which I totally agree with that, uh, most definitely, because there's a lot of the elements of the Quantumanium that are very similar to what's going on in the show. And then also they had mentioned you guys each need to take a turn to meet your mic to see if you can pinpoint these generators. (laughs) Oh, man. <clears throat> That's I already hilarious. tried muting my audio. Like here, I, I don't hear it anymore. I don't either. Well, there was a little bit. Like everyone, hold but perfectly still. Don't play with your mic cords. Guys, can you hear me? Now we yep. can. There's there's that sound. It's still back. Hmm, that's so weird. Here, you want me, you guys want me to mute mine for a second? Yeah, we can try it. All right. Yep. And we're talking. 
And we're talking. No, they're still and there. It's still there. Yeah, I, I can still hear it. Maybe it's maybe it's restream somehow. Maybe. And I hate to say it, it honestly sounds like somebody's hungry and they put their mic next to their stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 that kind of sounds like a mouse trying to chew through like a wall kind of to me. Like that's what the, that's the vibe I get. Or it sounds like somebody's typing. It sounds like static is what it sounds like, and it's like just like constant, constant like. It's definitely frustrating. And I don't. I just don't get why all of a sudden it would decide. Oh, let's have this staticness now. Yeah, I don't know why Respoon would be doing this. I don't really get it. Yeah. Why don't we just uh, keep things uh, as brief and quick as we can, then, so we don't have to drive anyone else nuts with this background noise. That's a good idea. <laughs> so anyway, so getting back to what we were talking about. Oh, Arch left and that sound went away. Uh-oh. Maybe it was Arch. <laughs> Uh-oh, sorry, Arch. Damn it, Arch. <laughs> I, wonder if, I wonder if Arch can hear the private chat. I wonder if it actually has something to do, because it's clear that Arch is uh, just using his uh, computer's natural mic. He doesn't have a connection. like He doesn't have a microphone plugged in. Possibly. Yeah. Arch, when you when you disappeared, Arch, we lost the sound. Oh, okay. I guess it's me. Um, let me let, I tell you what, let me let me log off a little bit. I'll see if I can get a better connection here. Okay. All right. <laughs> and fandom podcast just said, Yep, just cleared up. <laughs> yeah, no, I wonder if it does have something to do with the fact that he's using a natural and just the computer or the phone's natural mic as opposed to using a headphone well that's kind of what i was thinking it was at first because he, when he first was like trying to get his mic to work that's when it became apparent and that's what i was thinking that it was probably is but i noticed yeah. his audio was a little bit crackly to begin with there in the beginning yeah so i don't know why i didn't make the connection right there like oh well that that sound must be coming from arch you know what i mean yeah hopefully but he'll come back and we'll figure it out yeah. So getting back to the timekeepers, like as soon as they popped up on the screen, I was like literally like, <gasps> like we get to finally see the timekeepers. I'm like, holy crap. And I just thought that it was like kind of interesting that they just like kind of flashed them a little bit. Didn't really give you a really good look at them, but still gave you like a flash of like, here's the timekeepers. And I thought that was really uh, a clever way of kind of introducing them. And, you know, the one judge gal there being, uh, you know, in there with them and stuff like that. I thought it was kind of interesting. I was actually, it was kind of surprising how much uh, the one in the middle looked so much like actually Kang the Conqueror. It was clear that they were using that as an influence. So, which, again, leads me to believe that I do like Arch's theory that maybe it is another Loki who's the bad guy behind all of this. That is a really good theory. But part of me is really hoping it's going to be Kang. But again, I let me put it this way. The fangirl in me is saying, make it Kang. Make him the bad guy. The realistic person, you know, who's trying to be a functioning adult is saying, no, it's going to be another Loki. Marvel, while they do a really good job adding Easter eggs and giving little bits of extra fan service, they are not... The they're not a studio that throws in a bunch of extra cameos and characters so that all the 
comic book readers can go, oh, I was waiting for it. And people who have never read a comic book are going, wait, what the hell? You know, it goes back to the very, to that mid credit scene at the end of Avengers. Even if you didn't know who Thanos was when he showed up in that first scene, they said, you know, to challenge them as to court death, you still felt an intimidating presence and you got the idea of what to expect from him. You know? But, but do you guys feel like at all, like maybe there might actually be a situation here where, like, maybe just because of the pandemic or, like, maybe just because of, like, how we didn't get MCU content for such a long time? Like, maybe this would be a good time to throw Kang into the mix. Might be, but the show was made um, a while ago. Yeah. I mean, it, it it didn't get released, and we've had so little MCU material just because Marvel and Disney said, we want to wait until, you know, people can actually go back to theaters, and yet they're still releasing everything on Disney Premium Plus. So, like I said... It's kind of like the whole thing with uh, everyone expecting Mephisto from uh, WandaVision. As cool as that would have been, it makes a lot more sense that they didn't include Mephisto because I think a lot of people who are not familiar with the comic books would have been more confused. And Marvel has really strived to be something where fans of the comics and those who have not read the comics can all enjoy it. Sure. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, Fandom Podcast Network has th- thrown us a few other comments here. The ones he said, the clues lead to Kang, but Marvel pulls the misdirect very well, which I would agree with. Uh, I mean, they've done that quite a few times in uh, several of the uh, TV series and in the movies themselves. And then he also says, if we see Kang at all, we'll be the stinger at the end of episode six, which I totally would, I could see them pulling that at the end, maybe like a little cameo at the end. Or something like what they did with uh, at the end of uh, Spider-Man 2, where they had the scroll showing that they were Nick Fury and uh, Maria Hill at the time, mm-hmm. and that that type of deal. So they, I, I could see that happening, and he makes a val- very valid point. What do you guys think? Well, I feel like, um, again, I, I don't know. Like, let's. I, I think that this is Kyle from uh, Fandom Podcast Network, by the way. What's going on, Kyle? Good to talk to you, man. Uh, Kyle actually lives, like, uh, somewhere close to where I live in southwest Florida. So um, hopefully him and I will be able to connect at some point maybe and make some content together or whatever. But um, maybe we'll be able to get him on the show. Um, oh, and I just want to mention that um, we don't have Perry again tonight, folks. Um, and Perry's actually taking a little bit of a leave of absence. Um just because he's kind of got, you know, so he's a little bit overwhelmed right now. Um, he's kind of trying to prioritize things a little bit, you know, like with his band and work and everything like that in school. So, um, Perry, we love you, man. Uh, we miss you, but, um, yeah, it's good to hear from you, Kyle. And, uh, yes, I mean, as, as like, as, like I was saying, I feel like, I mean, I think, I think Kyle's right. And I think, I think that Lexus is right as far as like Marvel with the misdirects. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like they do, you know, like, they, they like to keep us on our toes. Um, and like, I mean, look at that end credit scene. Like that came out of nowhere for me or that mid credit scene. Like I didn't see that coming at all. Um, Arch had to point that out to me because I, I, I pulled one of the biggest amateur MCU mistakes that you should never make. You, you, you turned it off before yes. the credits were over. Yes, I turned it off. Cause I was doing the same shame, thing. As you. Dude, well, shame. You should know better. I was in the same situation as you. I was watching it right before the show. So like, you know, I wanted to like get cleaned up and everything before I came on here and stuff. And so I was like, oh, I'll just go ahead and stop it right here. 
it never even occurred to me that there would be anything in the in the mid credits. So, real quick, Arch pointed it out to me, and I jumped on my TV quick before the show, and I watched it. Um, so I don't know if I missed like another end credit scene or something like that after that, but no, but uh, no, no, I feel like one. I feel like uh, I don't know for some reason like. I um I do think that one thing I can honestly say about about the MCU fandom is that when it comes to the comic books and all the information that you can find online about the 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 comic book characters from the Marvel universe and everything like that I feel like like with with WandaVision with Mephisto for instance I feel like there was so much buzz about Mephisto before the show during the show like oh we're going to get Mephisto we're going to get Mephisto like Oh, you know, like, um, and I mean, I thought we were going to get Mephisto. I did. When I saw those storks come out, like, and we're walking around when Wanda had the twins, I was like, that's Mephisto. You know, like it has to be. Um, but I feel like when it comes to the, the fan base of, of the MCU, I feel like the, uh, the one thing about MCU fans is, is they are willing to go and like do their research. Like they're not, they're not afraid to go and figure out like who, you know, who things are like, and I find when I go online and I search stuff on the computer, I see what's popular. Like, you know what I mean? Like what's, you know, what's like, um, kind of like, uh, like on, you know, on the radar and like, for instance, with Loki, the minute that the whole enchantress aspect popped up, I looked, I noticed on Google that like everybody was Googling enchantress, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so yeah, Enchantress point, was trending on Twitter. Yes, and that's my only point with that. I think it still is too. Um, and, and like the, my only point is just that Here, with I'll that, check, actually, I feel like it's possible that um, with Kang, I want to say that probably a lot of MCU fans out there, like once once we found out that Jonathan Majors was going to play Kang in Quantumania, I felt like at that point maybe a lot of the fans actually did go and check out Kang. Like maybe look at the comic books and like see who Kang was, you know, or go online and at least like, you know, look at one of the wikis or something like that. You know what I mean? To figure out who Kang was. So from that perspective, my only opinion with that is just that, like, I think it's possible. Like, I mean, anything, anything could happen. I mean, look, like when Loki died during the show, before I saw the mid credits, I had no clue what the hell was going to happen in episode five and six. I was like, what the hell's going to happen to the series now? Like we lost our Loki. For the record, Dr. Strange is trending, ah. but, um, let's see here. Yeah. Enchantress isn't trending right now. So, but close. I wonder why Dr. Strange would be trending. I have no idea. Because Multitude of Madness is very popular right now. Everybody is cluing into that. That's what a lot of people think that everything is connecting to. So that is very big on Twitter. Ah, I haven't, I haven't seen much. I haven't seen much for Kang. I haven't seen. I saw a little bit for Enchantress, but Kang, I have not seen hardly anything. I mean, I've seen people kind of mention it a little bit in articles that they've posted on like Facebook and stuff like that. But for the general purpose of Kang, I have very seen very little of Kang. Uh, just what news they brought out about him going to be in Quantumanium. But a so, lot of Ravana Renslayer, though. You do see Ravana Renslayer popping up through the, and when I do the searches and stuff like that. And I feel like when you go and you look at her bio, you can't miss the fact that, like, she's Kang's girlfriend, basically. You know what I mean? Like, 
it's just right there, you know? So for me, cyber, I feel like that is no matter what happens, like that is that one connection that, that Marvel put in this series where by using that character, Ravana Renslayer, the way that they, they have, I feel like no matter what you do, you can't get around the fact that there is that connection with her and Kang in the comics. And so at that point, there's always going to be that, like, like Kyle already said in his comments, there's always that like feeling in the back of your head, like that maybe Kang might make a cameo in episode six. Very true. Very true. Uh, we have another comment. NRG sex Supreme. I'm assuming that's what that how that's pronounced. He's waving. So hello, hello to you. Thanks for commenting. What's going on? And uh, so yeah, I mean, so moving on from that, I, we kind of get more into the episode. And they there's the kind of the conversation between Loki and Lady Loki, Sylvia. Uh, whatever you want to call her, really, because we really, at this point, you know, she's kind of an amalgamation of many things. Uh, they're having that conversation while, you know, waiting for the planet to be destroyed. And she kind of explains a little bit more about what happened to her. So what are you guys' thoughts on, you know, her explaining that? What, what do you think, Alexis? Not 100% certain. Uh, I'm sorry, actually... I forgot to mute my phone and I was just turning off a message. Could you repeat the question, please? So I'm talking about the scene between Loki and Lady Loki sitting on the planet waiting for it to explode, to be destroyed. I was wondering what were your thoughts on their conversation about, you know, Lady Loki kind of explaining a little bit more of her backstory for us. What do you think of that? Well, actually, I was kind of confused what you guys were talking about where you said she used to work for the TVA. That wasn't shown and i'm just kind of curious where you guys were getting that from unless that was your discussion from last week's show which i did not get to participate that was the in dialogue between um between ravana and sylvie during the episode when they were fighting and everything and whatnot right cyber isn't that when the, when they talked about it i honestly don't know what you're talking about either because i don't recall her ever saying that she worked for the tva she went there as a child, and then she ran away and then was, you know, living from place to place. So I don't think she ever actually worked for the TV. I well, maybe – oh, I only saw the episode one time. So maybe, like, maybe it's possible that I, it's something where I just wanted that to happen or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. it felt good yeah. for me or whatever. Like yeah, she, she stole uh, Ravana's time pad, and she talks about how she had to keep hopping from place to place until she figured out uh, – the trick of hiding in the apocalypses. And again, that's just very unsettling. The idea of this, this child, you know, growing up on her and she's been, her family is gone. Her timeline's been reset. She cannot return home. Um, and the fact that not only can she not stay in one place for very long before the, as she puts it, the smoke flare goes up and they find her, she has to stay in places where the world is ending. Can, yep. can you yeah. just imagine something like that, what that does to a person? The no. fact that your entire life, I mean, I, I'm think, I keep going back to uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths in the DC universe. And, um, oh my God, the, the, I, can't, <coughs> I can't remember the character's name. But he was cursed to see every world end um, on behalf of the, of the Monitor. And that 
again, it just, and this was a fully functioning adult who, you know, was able, you know, was able to figure out what was going on with that and everything. And he still suffered. Imagine a child growing up and watching that. I mean, can you imagine just watching, you know, Pompeii's for the rest of your life? It's horrible. You know what? Honestly, Alexis, to, just to jump in on what you're talking about, that's kind of interesting that you mentioned Infinite Earths because, like, think about what I was thinking about was, like, what about Cyborg? Like, how he has those visions and everything where he sees, like, what's going to happen with Darkseid when Darkseid, like, when the mother boxes are connected and Darkseid, like, does his thing to Earth. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. he sees those, those, like, you know, he has those dreams, like, you know, kind of like the ones that Bruce Wayne had. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, like those premonitions or whatever. And well, somebody, let's face it. That's called Zack Snyder for the love of God. Calm down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, you know, I'm actually a little bit irritated right now with HBO Max because I wanted to watch Snyder Cut with my kids last night. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't watch it because I couldn't get my HBO Max to work. And I spent was, like, I spent an hour with customer service. Was it late at night? HBO, I've noticed HBO Max yeah. seems to have problems later in the evening when it gets closer to midnight. Uh, no, it was, no, it was more like uh, it was probably like 8 p.m. Hmm. Yeah, it was 8 p.m. And I, I tried to go on there. And for some reason, every time I kept hitting play on the film, it would just like go back to the title screen and it wouldn't play the movie. So I jumped on my computer and I pulled it up. I pulled up my HBO Max on the computer and it worked fine on my computer, but it wouldn't work on my TV. So like I don't know. know it could be my Roku maybe like I'm not sure but um basically um I feel like yeah that's a good point I feel like as far as like Sylvie goes or Lady Loki goes that's got to be really traumatic like that's got to be very like PTSD inducing almost to have to live in like those catastrophe situations or whatever where mm -hmm. there's like possible like apocalyptic you know stuff going to happen like no matter what like you've got to leave every like like 10 minutes before it happens like every day yeah, like it's that's got to like seriously put a toll on somebody. I would say Look, you can't form any kind of connections with anyone because they're about to die. You can't tell these people they're about to die. You know, you can't try to prevent the apocalypse from happening. Ugh, I it's it's terrifying to think about. Well, have a good time there, Kyle. Thanks for stopping by and watching the show for what time you could. Uh, he basically said, got to go do some work things. Have a great show, guys. So thank you for stopping by and checking it out. Uh, thank you very much for that. We appreciate you stopping by. But to get back to my question, because we didn't really talk about my question here, people, that I was asking before. What did you guys think about the conversation they had during that climactic scene where the, you know, the planet was about to explode? Jeff, start with you. I feel like I'm 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 still trying to I'm still trying to grasp and this is this is a, one of those things where my answer also relates to like later on in the show too. I feel like I'm still trying to determine what exactly kind of like what kind of dynamic Sylvie and Loki have because like I really kind of felt like they're you know with that with they're talking and everything at that point like at that, at that planet before it was going to be you know or moon that was going to be dying or whatever. I felt like there was really like some kind of emotional connection there. And then later on in the episode, I before Loki was killed or flashed or whatever you want to call it, or like, uh, you know, cold pruned. or whatever. Pruned. Yeah, they call it pruned. Pruned, yes. Um, I felt like he was about to like do a big reveal and be like, I love you. 
you know what I mean? Or like, I'm into you or whatever, like, or something like that, which is like really weird because I mean, it would be very like, obviously like awkward if like Loki was going to like hook up with like lady Loki, you know what I mean? Like that would be a little, you know, like, uh, what's the word? Um, like incestual, you know, like, uh, in a way, I guess. So I, I do love Mo Mobius's line of it. It's like how it's like just the the revelation of how narcissistic can you get? <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very it's much funny. so. It's funny too because I was actually describing Sylvie as a narcissist last night when I was talking about this, like on stereo. Um, yep. You know, like that. That's exactly what I said about her. I'm like, she's a narcissist. She's arrogant. You know, she's she's a uh, she's a uh, kind of a uh, toxic person in a way, you know what I mean? Like, um, she's an interesting character. Uh, Kyle mentioned earlier that we could potentially maybe see her later in the MCU. Like there could be, a, you know, a, like a place for her or whatever in the overall scheme of things. I don't know if I really agree with that. I really do kind of feel like Sofia DiMartino is just going to be a, a product of the Loki series. I don't really feel like she's going to go anywhere else, but I could be wrong. Yep. Could be, could be. You never know. You, you never know with Marvel. Just like uh, Kyle was saying before, that's what Marvel excels at is giving you just enough to keep you enticed, and that's you know pretty much what what she could do. Well, I mean, what um, are they going to do with season two? You know what I mean? Like, I think they're filming it right now. Um, yeah. Is there a season? Because they confirmed that um, uh, WandaVision will not have a season two, and they've said that uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Season two will not even be discussed until they do the new Captain America movie with Makes uh, sense. Sam Wilson in the role. So, and again, I think that's a lot. That's down to Kevin Feige doing really good work with the planning of reveals that he does. I mean, my favorite example is this. Everyone was complaining about um, uh, the, you know, waiting to see the trailer for Endgame. And they and we finally realized they can't reveal the trailer for Endgame until they, you know, it gets close enough that they can reveal the trailer for Spider-Man <laughs> No Way Home, because you can't reveal one without spoiling the other. Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to hold off on revealing if Loki's going to have a season two until the end of the season. Again, I, they're waiting to see how this we're, this will all tie into Ant Man and no, they confirmed it. They confirmed it already. They confirmed it already. And season three, didn't they too? Cyber. Yep. Yeah. Hang, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'm going to look that up. Make sure. I, I trust you guys. I just want to see this from myself. Yeah, they confirmed season two a while back. Like before they even released the first episode of the season of the series, they they confirmed episode uh, season two. And they just recently came out with an article recently. I forget where. Saying that the the plan is for three seasons for this series. Yeah, so I mean, at that point, what I'm wondering is, is oh, like second is, seasons in development. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't say if they've started filming yet or not, but it is in development. So yeah, so at that point, maybe we'll see Sylvie like across the seasons of Loki. You know what I mean? Like maybe she'll be like a you know a focal point kind of character like on the series like overall. I'm really mm -hmm. glad that they confirmed those those seasons because yeah. like um. You know, again, like you said, Alexis, we're not going to get uh, WandaVision, you know, episode, uh, season two. We're probably not going to get Falcon and the Winter Soldier season two, I don't think. Like, you know, I don't, I just don't see it happening. Uh, Cyber obviously nods his head and agrees with me on that. Um, so at that point, I guess it's really nice to know that, hey, at least like there is one Disney Plus series where we are going to get like a return from that show and from that character, you know? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, they may not want to reveal any details about it until uh, Doctor Strange comes out. Because again, maybe what they have planned for the second season of Loki might spoil what we see a little bit from uh, the Doctor Strange sequel. And don't forget Thor Love and Thunder is going to include Loki too. So yeah. that also could be a spoiler too. So exactly. They're not going to tell you everything, but they have confirmed that they are making a second season and that they plan on doing a third season. Um, David R. here in the comments here has said a few things. I think you have to Groundhog Day in Sylvia's position, which I totally agree with that. Like her having to hop from place to place uh, into these different disaster areas is basically like a Groundhog Day going on like yeah. the Bill Murray film. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. Uh, and then he brings out another interesting point in the Nexus event that was occurring between them seems like they would have found a way to survive or otherwise alter things through their mutual self-love, which basically, you know, reaffirms the whole narcissistic abilities, you know, that Loki has for himself, that he's in love with himself. Uh, so that totally, I get where he's coming from there. And then he says, like the sacred timeline can't abide a Loki who finds love, even if that love is extreme narcissism, which... I can see there, yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, that, that's true, most definitely. And then, you know, I think his best comment so far is if Batwoman gets to see three Lokis a shoe in. Yeah, especially right? since they're te apparently teasing Poison Ivy for the season three of Batwoman. They're actually yeah. going to do more seasons of Batwoman? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, 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 when they announced that they were doing it with Ruby Rose, I had no desire to see it at all. Because I'm sorry, I think she's a horrible actress. You know, I don't care where she's coming from or blah, blah, blah. She, to me, just is a horrible actress. I've seen her performed in Orange is the New Black. I saw her in Meg. I, I just thought she was a horrible choice to play this character. So when they decided to, like, when she decided to step away and do season two and this new gal came in, I thought, okay, maybe this might be, you know, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet, but it looks like it's a little better than it was the first season. Um, but yeah, that, I totally agree there that if Batwoman can get a third season, so can Loki, most definitely. See, I actually reviewed the first season of Batwoman, and I thought Ruby Rose was a great choice to play Kate Kane, because I really like the idea of this tough, you know, strong woman like her playing it, because that is who Kate Kane is. And I thought she did a really good job with it. And I have no qualms with her stepping away from the role. She had a horrible injury. Her neck was... Um, you know, beyond screwed up. She couldn't handle the physical demands of the role. No harm, no foul. But I, what lost me was the fact that instead of replacing her with another actress, which would have sucked, but it would have been fine, they instead created this new character who wasn't in the comic books. And I'm going to be blunt, it felt like they were hitting a Chekhov's list of everything they wanted this new character to be. She felt very formulaic. You know, and I just looked and I, and I watched and I was just like, this this doesn't feel like, you know, real comic book, you know, inter you know, inspired. It feels like it was made by a focus group. Did they make her gay too? Oh yeah, of course. That's the mm -hmm. new thing now. Like was with like that with the with like the new trend that like I mean shit. And in, in, in the Marvel Studios, I think they already said that they're going to be making. They already said that they're going to be doing. Um, what's her name? Uh, Valkyrie is going to be like a lesbian. Um, she's, she's bisexual. She's bisexual, which doesn't surprise me. Um, in fact, in the comics, I think she might even be bisexual. So I'm not even—I can't remember. But, um, but, um, and then of course, I also heard that they're going to be doing it with Captain Marvel too. She's going to become like bisexual or like a lesbian or whatever. 
She and was then, bisexual in the comics. Yes, that's true. Um, and then, of course, I'm sure you guys have probably heard that in the comic books, they're gonna they're making Star Lord gay or bi. <laughs> they can't leave him well enough alone, can they? Well, I don't care. It's just that he's always been straight, so it's kind of weird that all of a sudden he would just like. But whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Did you guys read the the DC Pride that came out? We reviewed it on the Rattles and Broadcast Network. It's a really good book. No, I haven't. It's really good. No, but, uh, but I, I I guess we missed. I, we never shouted out Pride Month. So like you know, uh, or, or is it still Pride Month? For another um, four, three hours and uh, ten minutes. Well, there we go. Like, since we're in that window, shout out to uh, Pride Month and all of our LGBT, like, friendly type of, like, you know, MCU supporters out there. Like, we love you. Uh, we respect you, you know, like, uh, and, um, you know, just, uh, just, you know, if you're out there and you're one of those, uh, you know, bi guys or whatever, do me a favor and leave me alone on online. Like, and because I'm not going to, like, the whole, like, you know, you can do this and that with me and you'll still be straight deal. Like, I'm sorry, but that premise doesn't work with me. So, uh, but it's okay. You know, just, just as an aside. Uh, <laughs> okay. Enough of that. Enough of that. So let's go on. So now, you know, after the plants just about destroyed, two doors open up and Sylvie and Loki are able to walk through and are now back in the TVA. Uh, you know, they come back in contact with Mobius. We get to see Mobius again the whole episode before we didn't see Mobius at all. And basically, you know, they get put into cells and Loki gets put into basically like a Groundhog Day thing. And who else do we get a cameo from is Lady Sif. Now, we haven't seen Lady Sif since Thor the Dark World. She was not in Thor Ragnarok at all. So it's kind of like everyone's kind of wondering, you know, where has she been? We're supposed to get that kind of that answer with Thor Love and Thunder. But what are your guys' thoughts on all of a sudden Lady Sif popping up in this Loki episode? What are your thoughts, Alexis? Well, apparently, actually, her last appearance was in the MCU short Who You Really Are from 2015. But still, it... Oh, no, that was an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Never mind. Um, sorry, I misread that for a second. Loki going through that time will actually remind me, have either of you watched uh, the show Lucifer? No. Yes, I have. Okay, yeah, and you know that in hell, in that series, you are forced to relive your worst memories over and over and over again on continuous loop. That is what hell is there. That's what that reminded me of, this... You know the fact that it, that scene, that moment clearly did, um, uh, you know, bother Loki more than he ever really put on. Because you know she says it's like you're alone, you always be alone. Slap, crotch shot, walks off, and he says like, well, I remember after this, I took a hot bath and I got a drink. But it keeps happening over and over again. But I, the idea that this that moment probably hit him a lot harder than he's willing to admit. And it takes all those times of it happening over and over again before he finally admits to himself that really did sting when she said that. And I thought that was a really nice touch. It was great seeing uh, the actress uh, who plays Lady Sif come back. Yeah, I, I, I have... Uh, She's not my favorite character, but I guess it did bug me a little bit that they caught her from uh, Thor Ragnarok, which I think they did because she was signed on to a TV show and there was a scheduling conflict, if I remember. 
That's what David R. just mentioned in the comment. What was that show that she was on, Blind Spot? Or what was it called? What was the show that she was on where she had all the tattoos on her body? Yeah, or Blind Spot, yeah. Blind Spot. I watched yeah. the first season of that. It was really good. Yeah. Take your word for it. I never got a chance to see it. Oh, I'm surprised you never saw that, Alexis. You see everything. <laughs> I see everything now because Mark forces me to. <laughs> That's why I figured you probably saw it. <laughs> no, I wasn't working for Mark when that show came on. Oh, no, it was good to see her back. I just thought it funny. The thing that pissed her off the most was that Loki cut her hair in her sleeve. That is so juvenile. I mean, my cousins did that to the, to each other all the time growing up. That was like the ultimate prank, sneaking in at night, cutting off your cousin or your sister's ponytail or something. Everyone I knew did that to each other as a kid. And I love the idea that, yeah, he did that to her when they're – well, as guardians age differently, but they're adults. And he cut off her hair and was like, I thought it was funny. I'm like, how freaking immature are you, Loki? My God, that was great. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that scene, uh, Jeff? It's honestly, to tell you the truth, I'm still a little bit confused about all that. Like, just because, again, um, I, I don't know. I, I really need to, I need to watch these episodes more than once. I have to. Like, that's the only way for me to really feel like I really totally get the whole gist every time of, like, exactly what's going on. Like, all the different twists and turns. So, you know, that's on me. Like, I, I need to make sure that I, like, watch the show twice before I come on and do these shows. Um, It's funny because I do Loki reviews outside of the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Like, I go on the podcast of Champions, like, on the weekends, and I do, a, I do another review then. And, like, I review, like, Loki on Stereo app. Um, which just to point out folks, like those of you who don't know the MCU's bleeding edge is on stereo app, which is a live podcasting platform. And, uh, cyber and I actually teamed up and did a show last night, like early in the morning at like 2 AM. And we went for like an hour and a half and it was a great show. I'm probably going to actually like upload it to our anchor podcast today, uh, or tonight, just because it was such a great show. I want to like get it out there, but, um, yeah, like seriously check out stereo app because it's really cool. Stereo and I are, uh, stereo, <laughs> cyber and I are on there. Um, you know, like, uh, I'm on there all the time. I'm doing shows on there. Like basically every other day, um, talking MCU, talking DCU, talking Snyder cut still. Cause I just finished watching it like last week. Um, that's right. Like it took me that long, but, uh, you can blame Zack Snyder for that just because like, Hey, I can't watch four and a half hours in one shot. So, you know, that's just me. But, um, anyways, uh, like I'm so confused. As far as Lady Sif goes, I know they explained it, like, in the episode, like, where, why she, like, was there or whatever, like, where she came from or whatever. I guess she was, like, a different timeline's Lady Sif or something like that or whatever that they brought in or from the timeline that Loki's not a part of or that, like, you know what I mean? That, like, you know, um, so I'm still just well, I don't think I don't think she was real. I, I think oh, she, she wasn't real. No, the, no, I don't think so. It wouldn't surprise me if it was she was just like a hard light hologram, for a lack of better words, and they were just able to probe through Loki's mind. They, I mean, they have a complete record of everything he's ever said or done. They probably just found that had that memory on standby, and they programmed in um, this scenario because they knew it would bother him. But yeah, I don't think it was any. I don't think Sif was real. No, no. Well, it, Mobius even said, he's like, oh, this is your punishment. 
He's like, this is the reality of a time loop, basically. Oh. And that you are being punished this way and that we're trying to get you to break down so that you'll answer his questions. So that's basically what that scene was all about, was to break down Loki to get him to talk. That's and right, because so he did say, he said earlier in the show, he said, I'll say anything or do anything I have to, you know what I mean? Like, basically to Loki, you know, like to get him to do what he wants him to do. So I'm glad you guys, like, pointed that out to me, because now I understand better what actually happened. I wasn't, like I said, when I first, like, t answered the, the question, I was, I'm st I was still confused as to, like, what exactly where that came from. Like, it kind of shocked me. I was like, I did not expect to see her of all people popping up in this series. Like, you know what I mean? I thought it was great fan service though for that, for her to pop up just because like Alexa said, and like cyber said, we haven't seen her in a while. So like, you know, like at that point of all the characters for them to throw in there, I guess it made sense to like use her. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Cause she's part of, you know, Loki's been around yeah. since four yeah. and he's a part of Asgard and she's a part of Asgard. So yeah, having that character would be smart in the series. Uh, we have more comments in the comments section here from a new person named Word789. Uh, he thinks Alligator Loki is behind it all, <laughs> which is which is a fantastic theory. And, yeah, maybe uh, we should go ahead and talk about the uh, that post credit scene. <laughs> and then and then he says, "Oh yeah, that's not actually the real Sith, and it's just a projection. It's literally a time cell to torture Loki, which." Is just what we kind of explained what it was, and that's very accurate. Uh, and uh, and then David R says it was Miss Minutes getting revenge for his desk attack. That's <laughs> oh hilarious. my god! What if Miss? What if they do a twist that it's Miss Minutes who's the bad guy? Behind that's like that, that's what <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, or, like, all uh, fear Tara Strong. <laughs> just so you yep. know what I'm talking about, Alexis. When I say Earth, I'm talking about another. Uh, MCU host on uh stereo app like uh that that like I've collaborated with before mm -hmm. and is us he's also a fan and a supporter of the MCU's bleeding edge. <laughs> yeah. I think Jeff froze. Did you freeze, Jeff? <laughs> Either froze or he's getting beat. He's holding for a very dramatic moment. No, I think you froze, yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, th th what is with this video? This video has been plagued. Wow! So yeah, this is, a, this is our worst, uh, our worst one I've seen happen. Wow! So yeah, I mean, this is all. I blame the fact that I had locked my dogs upstairs. I think you bring the dogs downstairs and let them bark. Everything goes back to normal. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So yeah, I mean, so everyone watching, thank you for watching through all this dramatic, wonderful you know, crazy technical problems. So we want to thank you for watching this stuff. Um, but just to kind of continue on. So like after that whole scene, he goes back and he starts talking to Mobius and, you know, he basically talks to Mobius and says, you know, TBA is all a lie, all this kind of stuff. And you can see kind of in, in Mobius's mind, he is, you know, he's like kind of starting to contemplate what's going on here, you know, is, you know, is this real? Am I really a variant? You know, what's going on? And so we see that as after he gets put back into the torture cell, you know, he comes in and says, we need to work together to figure out what's going on because he basically, after having the conversation with uh, the judge gal, Ravana, yeah. Ravana, I always forget her name. I have a hardest time remembering her name. Ravana. I keep screwing up and wanting to say Ravenclaw, okay? I, I'm blending my medias. 
Yes, yes. I, I, I want to say Ruby Claus sometimes, too, when I think of her name. But when they have the conversation and he steals her, like, door opener thingy. And, the you know, time sees pad, yeah. The time pad. Then we get that, we get to see that little message about C20. So I was, like, watching that C20 thing and her saying, you know, those were actual memories. I thought that was a really interesting thing showing that, yes, the TVA isn't all what it's up to. And I thought it was very interesting that, you know. You've got to be kidding me. Everyone else got cut? What happened? I'm not hosting the show on my own tonight, guys. I hope you know that. Oh, okay. I just got a message from Jeff. They had a power surge and lost Wi-Fi for a minute. Um... I guess I'll hold things down for a few minutes. Uh, hang on, I'm gonna text her. It's like, okay, it's literally just me. I'm left. So. Folks, I'm I'm sorry that we've had so many horrible technical difficulties uh, with this show tonight. This, uh, yes, David R. We will be back in a Jingleheimer Jiffy. I, I like that. Uh, you know, I'm talking with uh, the guys. We're hopefully getting this uh, fixed up here. Um, it's like some okay. Literally holding up the fort okay uh cyber do you want me to keep talking and try to entertain can't spell all right um so one of the things, if you guys want me to keep talking, I will. Um, looks like uh, Jeff's trying to fix everything here. I don't know exactly what's going on with cyber. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that um, I caught when we we're talking about Mobius figuring things out is um, there was a moment that I thought actually really brought in because at first it, it appears Mobius does not believe and goes, you know, one last, you know, one less lie from the God of mischief. What do you got? And he's like, you know, the TVA is lying to you. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get lost. But then when he talks to Hunter B-15 and he says, you know, look, he said that we're all variants and it's clear that that hits B-15 because she saw her previous life when Enchantress kind of scrambled her memories a little bit when she took her over. And I think the Mobius kind of sees that hesitation in her. And I think that's what gets him to start wondering, maybe Loki was telling the truth. I genuinely don't believe he was. Okay, hey. good. I, I've been holding down the floor talking oh. about my theories with Mobius and B15 for the <laughs> Thank last you, few Alexis. minutes. Thank you for jumping in there like that. I really appreciate it. Yep. I'm not a solo act, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. No, that really that am. that hour that hour thing you were talking about. I, I keep trying to figure out 
how to fix that and it's not i can't find anywhere where it says you know the cutoff after an hour i don't know what's going on i don't know if it has to do with the, the fact i'm using an ipad or what but like i've what tried you, fixing it but it doesn't work what is what are you talking about cyber every hour i get cut off and i get booted off and i have to come oh i didn't realize that yeah, I don't know why, but it keeps doing that. And there's like no setting or anything that says, oh, you know, about screen time or anything like that on streaming or whatever. And so it's like, uh, I'm still trying to figure out why it keeps booting me. <laughs> well, I've just been sitting here talking about my theory about the scene between Mobius and B-15 when uh, he mentions that Loki told him that they're all liar or that they're all variants and B-15's reaction. And I felt that that was what triggered Mobius to maybe believe that Loki was, Loki was telling the truth because when he first kicked him into the time cell, it's like he didn't, really didn't care and really didn't believe him. But that moment where she clearly uh, is thinking back on when her brain was scrambled by the Enchantress and she's remembering that memory, I feel that that is what triggers Mobius to switch the time his time pad with Ravana's to try to, you know, it's like, wait, maybe there is something to this. And just credit the scene with Owen Wilson when he talks about it's like, you know, maybe I had a jet ski, you know, because he had previously mentioned how great those were. That was a really great scene that he was just saying that he knew that the pruning was coming. He knew he was about to die. And he's just going, you know what? I bet I had a really good life. <laughs> yep. And that was a I thought that was a big shock. All of a sudden, like Mobius being disintegrated. Oh, absolutely. Because we had no idea, like, what happens to them. Are they being killed? What's going on? You know, I mean, all we know is that it's called what it's called and that, you know, basically they vanish. And so, I like, I literally was sitting there watching and all of a sudden that happened. I was like. Yeah, I was not. What? I know we only have two episodes left, but I was not expecting them to kill off Mobius. No, no I wasn't either. No, we, I lost the chat, guys. Um, no. I don't know what's going on with it. Can you are you can you see the comment section? Yes, you can. Um, okay. Has has it not updated? Because the last I have is David R saying we'll be back in a Jingleheimer Jiffy, which I gave him a shout out to. That was funny. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no one else has commented it. in the last few minutes. So well, thank yeah. you. As long as you guys can see it, because I can't see it on my screen. But um, Alexis, just so you know, David is from Sakar that I was telling you about the other day. Mm -hmm. that, like maybe I was saying, you know, like if you want, like I could go on there and, and get you an invite or whatever. Um, yeah. it's just a message board, you know, like, uh, for like geeks, basically like, you know, so I figured you'd fit right in there. Um, you know, like, uh, they talk about like star Wars and the MCU and DCU and stuff like that. And, um, like, uh, I'm sure that, that like, I know that you already have a full boat and everything going on with, with like your yeah. schedule, but I was going to say, I'm sure they'd love to have you on the podcast of champions sometime, you know, like they could use some, um, some female, presence like on the show you know yeah no i'd love to join i'm just still trying to figure out my schedule and right now i'm trying to find out because i can't get a clear answer if it's better to stay when you go to disney world if to stay at an official disney world resort so you don't have to drive or if it's better just to take an uber i think it's better to take an uber it's cheaper because okay, there was well, the, I'm going the, to the disney resort is, is expensive yeah, no, I'm heading, I'm working uh, Megacon in Orlando in August, and I've decided, well, I decided, I was supposed to do this last April before the world ended, and I wanted to uh, go down for an extra week to see Disney World, because I have not taken a vacation in, I don't know how long, 
but yeah, I'm trying to book it and it's like, well, I don't really want to stay at any of these resorts, but there's some really nice hotels that I can stay at that I'd rather put my money at and I can get a good all-inclusive package. So, cause I mean, either way, I know don't drive to the parks. Parking is. They have shuttles park. and stuff like that too. A lot of those hotels that you probably are looking mm -hmm. at, like a lot of them have shuttles. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if I ended up in a time cell, it would be parking at Disney world. <laughs> that would be my punishment. It's doable, but it's rough. Yeah. Yep. David, and it's R, David R says in the comments, they should have given him a final line of wow. <laughs> I love that. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That is good. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. So, yeah, Jeff, what you missed a little bit, we were talking um, about that scene between Mobius and Raven. Uh, Raven, see, there we go. Ravenclaw. Ravana. Uh, Ravana. Ravana. And yeah. uh, you know how that, that say that's one of the say that's one of the jokes you missed, Jeff. We we joked about how we keep wanting to call Ravana Ravenclaw because our uh, fandoms are bleeding over. Oh, okay. And when, we I, were just, when I when I hear Raven, I think of Raven from the Teen Titans. <laughs> yeah. So we were talking a little bit about just you know that situation, how it kind of like opened Mobius's mind and him to you know basically go and uh, you know talk to Loki and say, hey, you know are you telling me the truth that let's, let's work together and, you know, do this. And then that's when unfortunately we find out that, you know, Mobis gets disintegrated. I almost kind of feel like that was almost like something that like, where I wasn't surprised. Like when, like when, when Owen Wilson's character, Mobius and Mobius like wakes up and actually like decides to trust Loki or like, at least like not trust him, but at least like investigate like his claims. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. I felt like, Really, like, I mean, I have to believe that. Look, if I mean, if Loki got like call, uh, if, Loki, if Loki got pruned, um, and like he managed to somehow be somewhere else alive, like there in that mid credit scene, then at that point, I'm wondering if maybe like Owen Wilson's character is the same. It's the same way. Like he's not actually dead. He's just like somewhere else or something like that. Or like, um, you know, like I mean, just because, you know. It, like, like uh, you know, back to like what Alexis was talking about. I feel like it makes no sense to me that they would take Owen Wilson out of the show with two episodes left. You know, like especially after like him and Loki already developed such a solid rapport and everything, like Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson during the series, for them to just like like lose that whole dynamic to the show would be like it wouldn't be ca catastrophic or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. I mean. I have a really strong feeling that whatever they do with episode five and six, we're all going to be happy. Like, I, I don't think we're going to be let down. Um, but I will say that, like, I just want to make the point that, like, um, I have noticed some chatter from some other MCU fans out there that there were people out there who were very disappointed with episode three. Like, now that we have a chance to kind of, like, you know, listen to some different opinions and everything, like, from the last review, like, Alexis, just so you know... Um, when we did, when we did episode three, uh, I really, I enjoyed it. I really thought it was great. Um, just as an aside from like episode four, um, I thought it was great. Like I, I liked what they did with it, but there is like a sense where there's a lot of people who were actually very unhappy with it. Like they feel like the story wasn't well done. It was convoluted. You know what I mean? Like, um, like it made no sense. A lot of people thought that like Loki was enchanted like during the episode. And like, that's why like things were kind of weird or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, like I just wanted to bring that up that like, I know that cyber, I know you liked episode three. I know I liked mm -hmm. episode three. Um, uh, Alexis, I'm assuming you did. 
Um, I did, especially since episode three had one of my favorite tropes in it. The action scene that is filmed to look like it was done entirely in one take. You get that scene in the end with Sylvia and Loki running through the town, trying to avoid all the destruction, trying to avoid whatever that planet's version of the police were and get to the ship. And obviously there was probably some cuts in there because there was quite a lot of CGI, but it was made to look like it was all done in one shot. And I am a crazy huge fan of that style, especially in action movies. Been a big fan of when directors do that ever since Hitchcock gave us rope. Criminally underrated classic, by the way. So I really did enjoy that ending. And I thought it was a good bit of character. I mean, I thought we needed to have more time with these two together to further understand their relationship and how things were going. Obviously, we were not going to get a, um, you know, one episode and then all of a sudden they trust each other. They needed time together. And I like that. I even like the little bit where Loki says that he can't ride the train backwards. I, I know people who have that. It's... I don't know if it's really a condition or anything, but it's kind of an inner ear uh, imbalance where their body does not react well to because they're expecting when it's moving, they're expecting to go backwards, not forwards. And it really makes them uh, sick. It leads to a lot of motion sickness. So even that, I thought that was like, that's actually an interesting little bit of uh, character development. I could see it. Mm. Mm. So Jeff, do you have any trailers that you would like to share or do you have the Rotten Tomatoes reviews up? Well, give me one second and let me see what I have for trailers really quick. Because I think I have one, but I'm not positive. So let me just look real quick. Okay. Um, but basically, um, I just want to point out like why I'm kind of like throwing this together. That um, uh, essentially, um, I feel like for me, the whole Loki series overall, like so far for the four episodes has been really solid. Like I'm really enjoying it and everything. Um, and, uh, you know, like, I feel like I'm definitely really excited to see, like, I, I don't know what to think. Like, I mean, until I saw that, that mid credit scene, I really had no idea what to expect. Like, basically like in terms of, um, what, like what's going to happen for the rest of the series with no Loki, you know, like I was kind of lost there for a minute. So I'm glad that Arch filled me in on that and told me exactly like, you know, to go and check out the mid credit scene and everything and whatnot. Um, but, uh, let me see real quick. Let me see if I do have something here for you. Throughout my life, the 10 rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. right he's just a criminal who murders people 
be careful how you speak to me, boy. I thought I could change my name. Start a new life. But I could never escape his shadow. My son, you can't run from your past. Is this what you wanted? You got this. Thank you. What do you guys think? Was that Fing Fang Foom? In, in the water scene? In the underwater scene? Yeah, I think that yeah. is Fing Fang Foom. Yeah, I love somebody pointing out. It's like, that's not what Abomination looked like in the last movie. It's like, well, yeah, because the guy who directed uh, The Incredible Hulk said he didn't get the point of having the Abomination have the green skin and the fins and the scales and whatnot because he said that makes no sense for the story arc. I get the feeling we're going to get a story, maybe a comment about how uh, Blonsky decided to try juicing himself with something else in between The Incredible Hulk and um, this movie. And that's why he suddenly looks like he does. Also, well, uh, the director of, of The Incredible Hulk, he also wanted to use a lot more prosthetic uh, costuming for the characters too in the film. So like with Hulk and Abomination, he wanted to use like that kind of stuff. That's another reason why the Abomination looked like he did in the that first film as well. So this one looks like it's completely CGI. So you know they had a lot more liberty to work with, and so I think that's why probably Abomination looks a little better in this because I honestly think he looks so much better. He looks he more comic book like relatable now. Oh like, yeah, this yeah, is how totally. This this is how he looks in the comics. So like, I think they, I, I like it personally. Uh, I think that that scene where you see him like kick Wong or whatever, or like punch him or whatever is awesome. Like, like you see Wong fly up against the, you know, the screen. I think that's Madripoor. That's my take on that. Like, I think that's Madripoor. It makes sense that the Mandarin would like have a base of operations out of Madripoor. Based totally. on like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you would just expect it kind of, you know, like he's a criminal you know, mastermind underworld, you know, like, you know, guy or whatever. So you'd think that of course he would like have something to do with Madripoor. But, um, I like, I, I don't know. I, I saw the first Shang-Chi trailer. I'm sure you guys did too. I feel like this one for me really did more for me for the film. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't like the, I didn't like the, the comedic angles that they dropped in the first trailer that much. I like Aquafina. I think she's funny. Um, but I love the pace of that, sh that, that new trailer. And I love seeing the Ten Rings. The way they're doing the oh, Ten yeah. Rings in this movie is sick. Yeah, that is such a great idea. Instead of just making it Ten Rings on each finger, which frankly has never been that practical. I speak as a jewelry maker. <laughs> yeah. So I like the idea of it being the martial arts training rings. I was like, that is just a little bit of brilliance right there. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it looks great when you see him using it too, the Mandarin, mm -hmm. like in the different time periods that they show. I love those flashbacks that they that they put up that they put together like in the movie where you see them, I guess, going back to different time periods throughout like the um, you know, the Mandarin's life or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um I love the I love that seeing Death Dealer um 
in the trailer too. That was really cool. I love that character. I'm glad they brought him in, but I'm really like, I mean, I'm interested. I think that like, I don't know what you guys think, but I feel like they're only, I, I, I think there's a lot more movie left to see. Like, I don't think they gave us all of like the best parts of the film, like in the trailers at all. Oh, absolutely. I, I still don't really know what most of the plot is about. What's really cool seeing uh, what's his name? Razor fist. Yeah. In that trailer. That was a cool effect. Oh yeah. And I love the, uh, the actor who's playing Shang Chi too. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. He looks good. Like, uh, I mean, he's definitely in good shape without question. Well, there's no question about that. Um, but, um, yeah, basically, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I, I've heard a lot of different opinions already so far. A lot of people are really high on that trailer and they're really high on Shang-Chi. Me and Cyber had a conversation on Shang-Chi last night, um, or this morning, actually, let me be, let me be realistic there. And we talked a lot about it. Um, and we're both really excited. I think, right. You are cyber, right. You're you, I don't know how you feel about it, but don't you, I mean, I know I'm feeling kind of like for me, Shang-Chi is basically the movie I want to see for the MCU right now, at least in the next like couple movies. Yeah, I mean, like I said last night on Stereo, I think that Shang-Chi is going to be the bells of the balls of this year's Marvel films. I think it's going to outdo Black Widow, I think it's going to outdo Eternals, and I think it's going to outdo uh, Spider-Man even 3. Uh, I think that this is the one that's really going to really re-catapult Marvel into the, you know, the MCU back to where it was before the pandemic. Uh, that film just alone, because of how much it has to do with, you know, bringing in the mystic arts more to the MCU and the MCU fans and so forth like that, having to do with Doctor Strange and so forth. That, I just feel, is a area that we they really haven't done much except for the Doctor Strange film. That's really going to pull in the people because they're really looking forward to learning more about the mystic arts and all that stuff because we've... We've explored space. We've explored the, you know, Affinity Stones. We've done all that kind of stuff in the Marvel so far. So this is something completely new that is probably going to, it's going to entice people and it's going to want to make them want to learn more about the MCU, not just watching movies, but also through the comics. And I feel that's what Shang-Chi is going to do for, you know, this, this year of Marvel films. I think that that's a good point because it connects to what I was talking about earlier where I was just mentioning that like when it boils down to it, I feel like not all MCU fans, but a lot of them really are active, at least online. If they're not reading the comics, at least they're like online or they're on like Marvel, uh, whatever it's called, uh, plus or whatever it is like uh, cyber that like we go on there, um, you know, like and there actually are like, you know, doing their homework about who these characters are, because I mean. Unless you do put that time in, you're not going to know who Shang-Chi really is. You know, like, he's not, like, one of the most popular Marvel comic book characters out there. Um, so I definitely feel like, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's like, it's pretty much tied for me, Cyber. Like, I'm just, I have to remember that Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange 2 is coming out. I forget about that. That is something I'm really excited for. I really am. I feel like the MCU is definitely going in a different direction you know, like with that movie and, and we'll see what happens. I think that there's a lot of pressure for them to like really be successful with that film. Um, obviously we're going to see the Spider-Man trailer, hopefully like what, like uh, maybe next week or something like that. So they're that supposed to release it with black widow. Oh, really? Yes. Black widow yeah. is supposed to have it in front of it. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's great then. So when I go see black widow, uh, like a weekend, a half from now or whatever, I'll get to finally see the Spider-Man trailer, which will be great. I'm really yeah. excited for that. I can't wait to see what they have to, what they end up putting out for that. 
Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, David R. has made a couple other comments here. He said, um, no, not FFF is is in that image. We may still get him, but that shouldn't be him. So he's saying, I guess he doesn't think that's Bing Bang Boom, as the yeah. name goes. He thinks that that's not him, and he also said the dragon is, is known as the Great Protector. So... I'm not familiar with the comics at all, so I mean, he he's got a valid point there. It could not be him. It could be him. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting that he mentioned that he, you know, that it wasn't supposedly him. Yeah, I'm going to take a look for the Great Protector here. Let's see what I can find. Yeah. Great Protector, Marvel. Yeah, it looks like that's what it is. Uh, it looks like Fing Fang Foom to me. And it would make sense. Well, let's be honest. When you're a Marvel fan, nearly every dragon looks like Fing Fang Foom. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's I, I, I'm not trying to be like dragonist or something like that. So, yeah, it looks like everyone's saying it's... Uh, oh, wait a minute. This could be uh, a setup for Atlantis. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, although from a time standpoint, like, I don't see how that's possible because, like, if anything, I plan. I think we're going to see Atlantis uh, in the Eternals film because they're going to yeah. the, the Eternals film is going to cover the um, like uh, the the grand um, apocalypse or whatever you want to call it from like the the early 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 years of the MCU. 616 universe where Atlantis was sunk into like, you know, into the ocean or whatever, you know, the great cataclysm, they call it. Um, but yeah, the great protector, uh, is, yeah. In, in the Marvel comics, Atlantis is watched over by, by an enormous guardian dragon. So maybe this is our first hint towards Namor. Well, we know Namor is going to be coming in, in black Panther too. Um, Wakanda forever. I am. I know we can't do it anymore, but I was so hoping that we could do the Two Kings story arc. But I'm really hoping, since they're going to make Shuri the new Black Panther, I'm really hoping they still find a way to make that work. Because if they can find a way to do that and they can bring in Doctor Doom, I will be so happy. I'm with you. I I really I was when I've heard the rumors. I'm sure Cyber, you've heard them too. That they might throw Doctor Doom in the mix in Black Panther too. I wish they would, to be honest with you. I think we're ready for Doom. I don't think well, we, I, don't, I don't think you need the Fantastic Four to do Doctor Doom. Well, Fantastic Four has been confirmed, but we this has been the biggest problem. Well, one of the biggest problems with the Fox's Fantastic Four movies. You need to establish Doctor Doom first. Yes, you know we it, they need to do it very similar to what they did with um, uh, Ulysses Claw before they brought him in uh, for Black Panther. That was a really smart move. Do something similar with Doom. Yeah, like a Disney Plus series with him or something like that. And like actually introduce his character like as a child or whatever so that you meet, you find out about his mother and you learn how like, you know, she taught him sorcery. And you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lot. I think you're right. I think that Fo not only that, but like Fox didn't do a very good job with Dr. Doom as far as well, I'm Fox concerned. Fox didn't do a good job with any of the Fantastic Four movies. I think we can well, all agree might have on a that. A bone to pick with you on that. I don't know. So I, my understanding is I've heard rumors. I've seen articles like that that their plan is to bring in Doom into you know into Black Panther two. 
That's what I keep hearing, and that's how they're kind of their catalyst into bringing in the Fantastic Four. That in one of the like, if if when they decide to do a third Black Panther, that's when they're going to introduce the Fantastic Four because they're going to have Doom established as the bad guy in the third Black Panther film, and then they're going to introduce the Fantastic Four coming over to try to help Wakanda deal with Doctor Doom. That's where a lot of people are saying that it could be leading to. But it's not 100% official. But that's how I think they're trying to remedy the whole concept of, you know, a lot of people thinking that the Fox films were horrible. I mean, definitely the reboot they did in 2014, 2016, whatever it was, that was the biggest garbage of crap I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. The, the other two oh. I thought were really weren't that bad. I liked them. I thought they were good. I thought they were fun. I liked all the people they selected. And I think it's hilarious that Chris Evans was the human torch before he became Captain America. But at the same time, I think that, yeah, Doom is definitely going to be coming soon and that we're going to be seeing him so that they can start to move forward with making their Fantastic Four. Because, I mean, like you said, they have it in, in the timeline that they're making a Fantastic Four film, just not when. So I think that's probably going to be in Phase 5 which will be the next phase, of course, after this one. And they'll probably, one of the first films will probably be the Fantastic Four, I think, that will be getting in Phase 5. Yeah, yeah, because we know we're getting it. Kevin Feige already released it when he did that, uh, whatever you want to call it, that day that they had the uh, the Disney uh, investors meeting or whatever it was, <laughs> and he did that whole, like, long video, which I wish we, I love, I wish we could play that, like, during a stream, cause, just because... <sighs> That was so exciting when he did that. Yeah. Like, I, was I watched like, that whole. I watched that whole meeting. I, it's like this is how obsessed I am with pop culture. I actually volunteered for the Rattelich and Broadcasting Network to watch the whole thing and write down all the notes and then get back to the guys. It's like okay, this is what they discussed. This is what they discussed. This is what they discussed. They did say uh, that the Fantastic Four movie. I don't know if they said the exact release date, no. but they did say uh, that it's. Um, uh, directed by the same guy who's doing Spider-Man movies. Yes. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. But um, but yeah, the the comic book I was talking about. Are you guys familiar with uh, Black Panther: The Two Kings? I I never read the comics. Is that I didn't never read the series, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, great book. And to keep it as short as possible, the idea is that Doctor Doom essentially tries to get Wakanda and Atlantis to destroy each other by setting up a rivalry between T'Challa yeah. and Namor, and then they realize, wait, Doom's actually the enemy, and they team up to go and up then against they Liberia. Up. What I think is, I think it's very possible that that could happen in in, in Black Panther 2. Now, I, I really hope they do. I, I really do honestly think that there's a that there's a possible, like, a reality where this, that's the direction they go with Black Panther 2, because I feel like they could just cameo Doom. Like, they don't even have to, like, really do it. They can just cameo him, and that would, like, for the fans, it would be huge. Um, and if he was the, like, kind of like the Mandarin type villain of the film, you know what I mean? That's like behind the scenes kind of, you know, and he, like, it would make sense if they're going to have Namor in it, which they've already said that they confirmed it, confirmed that they say that they are mm -hmm. at that point, I believe the way that they're going to play it out is that Namor is going to start off as like an, an anti-hero slash like villain, like, and they're going to battle, like there's going to be like beef between Wakanda and Atlantis. And then you're going to see them team up by the end of the movie against like whatever underboss or whatever that doom sends in to kind of like, you know, take over. Like, you know what I mean? Cause like ultimately in the comics, doom always wants to take over Wakanda. Like he wants the vibranium, you know, like, um, which, you know, you can't blame him, but, um, 
Cyber, do you want me to go into the uh, Rotten Tomatoes reviews? Certainly, sir. Excellent. I've got some interesting ones here. I'd love, to, I'd love to hear what you guys think. Um, right off the bat, from Jeffrey Lyles, Lyles Movie Files, instantly stands out as one of the best episodes of any Disney Plus MCU series. What do you think, Alexis? I could see it. The setup, the buildup, the reveal, and yeah, that post, that mid-credits scene... This was definitely one of the better cliffhangers, and it really does get your, it really gets your attention. This is the kind of episode where you sit there and you go, "I'm so glad I started watching this show." Yeah. What do you think, Cyber? I would agree with that. I think yeah, out of out of the three series that they put out, definitely Loki. I think is the best so far. Uh, definitely the most cohesive. I feel uh, that has pretty much kept. You know, from episode to episode, it's kept the storyline going very smoothly. And even with episode three not being my favorite of the all four episodes so far, even with that one, it still kept the story going really nicely and very smoothly as well. So, I mean, it, it definitely, out of the you know, three series, I think, yeah, I would totally agree with that. I would too. I feel like uh, I definitely uh, like so far for me, I, I've already mentioned it to like, you know, I said it to Arch earlier uh, that we unfortunately lost earlier. Um, oh, uh, so. Um, so anyways, um, basically, I definitely feel like for me, long story short, I feel like Loki for me is like the standout series out of the three that have come out, um, at least so far. You know, we'll see what happens with episode five and six. But um, so. Staying on like the positive end of things, from Herb Schneider, Schreibner, um, Deseret News, Salt Lake City. It's just a wild 50-minute episode that will leave your jaw dropping. Seriously, I can't remember how many times my jaw literally dropped and how close I am to truly shedding a tear. Um, I don't know about that. Like, I mean, it was a great episode. Don't get me wrong, and I can't wait to watch it one more time and and kind of fill in some gaps. But um. I don't know my jaw wasn't dropping or anything like that. Although I do think there were some serious twists and turns. Uh, losing Owen Wilson's character for a minute there, thinking that we lost Loki. Um, you know, Ravana kind of like, you know, turning out to be like a, the villain potentially. Um, the, uh, the, the timekeepers like ending up to be being robots. Uh, there's def there was definitely a lot that went on. I'll say that. What do you it think? A, yeah, it was definitely a huge roller coaster stuff going on. I mean, you know, talking about the timekeepers all of a sudden you're finding out that they're robots, you know, so who like just like, you know, Lady Loki was saying, who the heck is really behind this and Loki himself like that's another great cliffhanger that they left this episode on because like we're like sitting there. All this stuff happens. Mobius gets disintegrated and then uh, in, then, you know, Loki that happens to you find out that they're robots, the things and, you know you got all this information just processing and then giving that little mid credit scene showing that Loki is not dead and that he is, he all of a sudden wakes up with other Lokis is just another great, you know, kind of like Easter egg slash, uh, you know, info into that cliffhanger. So it's really great. Like I said, before we started the show, seeing Richard E. Grant, one of the, one of Hollywood's, greatest scenery chewers as i call him 
in the classic Loki garb, the the bright yellow and green with the giant horns. I was just like, I, I, I it's like, and I am sated. That's all I needed right there. And we saw Kid Loki. That yeah, was awesome, Kid Loki. Finally, an alligator Loki. Yes, alligator Loki. That was that was seriously dope, and that was funny too. Was that David that said something earlier about alligator Loki was going to be like yep. the villain yeah. of the show or whatever or something? Yep, that was yep. funny. David's pretty funny, man. He really is. Uh, mm -hmm. He cracks he cracks me up sometimes in the combat section. We appreciate you, David. Thanks a lot. Um, yes, David, we do. All right, so last review right here. So this one is actually uh, pretty negative. So it's from Amet Asher Perrin from Tor.com. It's hard to be hopeful when all of these choices the show has made thus far are utterly pedestrian. Pedestrian. Yes. <laughs> What's your reaction I, to that, Alexis? I am struggling to think what, if any, from this series counts as pedestrian. And frankly, I think we've got another case of a reviewer yeah. who has decided I would rather use the big words to make myself sound smart. We, we joke about this on the uh, Rattlich, on Damn You Hollywood, on the Rattlich and Broadcasting yep. Network. When we get reviewers, we, we do the, the re, we review or discuss the uh, Rotten Tomatoes as well. And we occasionally get these people who it's just like, you just love the sound of your own voice, don't you? And you just think you're so smart coming up with this review that frankly makes no sense whatsoever. Oh yeah, and and hats off to Mark because like I, I it was him that actually showed me the whole concept of doing the Rotten Tomatoes and everything. Mm -hmm. He does a much better job of doing them, I'm not gonna lie. So hats off to Mark. Like he's definitely like, uh, Mark, We're gonna hopefully we're gonna have Mark on the, the MCU's bleeding edge. Uh, he's going to be on vacation. And then when he comes back, it should coincide right into where the Loki should be over. And we'll be back to doing um, Infinity Saga review shows uh, for The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2. Um, we'll be getting into Thor. And then we're going to be doing, of course, which is going to be like a huge major deal. We're going to be doing The Avengers, which is going to be like, everybody's excited and wants to get on that one. Like, but, you know, what's interesting, honestly, is that more people, more people have like like have gotten a hold of me and said they want to be on the Incredible Hulk than the Avengers. Hmm. Believe it or not, like that seems to be the one everybody wants to be on. Like Mark wants to do the Incredible Hulk. Arch wants to be on the Incredible Hulk because they like, all want to bash it. <laughs> no, a lot of them like it. Just wait till you get to Thor Ragnarok. That's the one that the guys I review with all hate. Well, I like I, I Ragnarok. I did too, and I occasionally like to, to I occasionally like to drop little barbs about how much I love Taika Waititi into the network chat, just because I know it's going to make a handful of them squirm. I think Thor <laughs> Ragnarok was a better film than Black Panther, and like people made it out Black Panther to be like the best thing that ever happened, but it wasn't really. Like when it boils down, you know, like I get the cultural significance of everything. I do I respect it? Oh, um, sure. You know, but like in terms of the film itself, it's a great movie. Don't get me wrong, I love Black Panther. Um, but like, it's not like, you know, it's, it was, it's not the best MCU film out there. That's all, that's just all I'm saying. Like there's better MCU films than Black Panther. Um, I love Michael B. Jordan in it as the villain and everything. I think, I think he was great. Um, hey, credit to the MCU. They were able I think, to probably, but, um, say credit I feel, to the MCU. So, like, they were able to, uh, revive again, two as far as the review torches. goes, I definitely not know where this, uh, Emmett 
Asher Perrin is coming from. I don't know what country uh, she lives in or whatever, but um, I definitely don't think the thing that's happened so far in Loki that I find that relates to the word pedestrian. If anything, like it's an edgy kind of show. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it kind of sets itself like very uniquely as an, as a, as a Disney plus series. It's definitely as like different than what we've already seen from the other Disney plus shows, which is just the last comment I want to make that I think is interesting and cyber. You can tell me what you think, but I feel like, uh, th there's a big difference between each Disney plus series that we've gotten. Like they've really done a good job of like giving us a different angle. Like, you know what I mean? With the story and everything and like, you know, and like the visuals and everything, They've done a really great job of differentiating between each series to where each one kind of fits into its own like category. You know, you've got your yeah, sci-fi with Loki. You've got your like earth-based, like US-based story, like, you know, like ground and pound, like, you know, like uh, like hand-to-hand -hand combat type stuff and like, you know, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And then you had WandaVision with like witches and warlocks and magic and like, you know, and, you know, stuff like that, you know, so... You know, there's just been like a, a big separation there, which I guess, you know, knowing Marvel Studios doesn't surprise me. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I mean, all in all, out of all the, each series, I totally agree that each of them is very different in their own way. And I think, you know, Marvel did that on purpose to really accentuate each one different from each other so that each one had its own line to work with and to follow so that people decided, you know, like, oh, I get like this is the angle that wandavision was this is the angle what winter soldier and falcon was this is the angle what loki is so i think they they're doing a good job of doing that and just keeping it going really well and you know like i said before i think loki definitely is the best of the series so far uh very much so most All definitely right. yeah, yeah let's get out of here cyber alright so i want to thank everyone for in Everybody in the comments, I want to thank everyone for coming in. Uh, you know, too bad we couldn't have Arch on longer. It was great having him when we did. Uh, it was great to have Alexis back and having her opinion on all the awesomeness of Loki Episode 4. Uh, we appreciate having you, Alexis. It was great to have you on. Hope you have a great rest of your night. And, you know, we enjoy everyone that has, you know, watched our stream tonight. You guys are great and awesome. And we will catch you in the next one. We will be live for episode five next Wednesday, uh, you know, at the same time, 9.05 p.m. Eastern time, 6.05 Pacific. And also, if you get a chance, definitely go to our website at the mcusbleedingedge.org and check out our website. We post, you know, all kinds of cool stuff on there, too, let you know about our upcoming videos and all that kind of cool stuff so definitely check that out too a uh, huge shout out to Sakar for you know bringing us so many great people that are a part of our comments section and just all the great people that are becoming a part of the mcu's bleeding edge we want to thank you and you guys have a great night and we'll see you next time